Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. This is episode 43 for Saturday, August 4th. Fifth. Fifth. Dang it. Oh, guys, it's my birthday. My oh, birthday is August birthday, 5th. Buddy. Woo. What's up? I'm 20. I'm 22? feeling 22. Watch Dang. out. Yeah. So. My birthday is also in August. Just, what is uh, it? August 22nd. Hey, that's oh, my nice. brother's birthday. Dang. A lot of, you know, a lot of like crossover it, here. August has the most birthdays, I feel like. Yeah. I know so many people that are born in... More than one-twelfth of the people I know are born in August. Everybody's celebrating Christmas and stuff. That's what it is, huh? It's all like Nine Christmas. months later, they pop out us. Popping out kids. <laughs> um, nice. But anyways, it is, it's episode 43, and we've got a really cool interview lined up today with Brad Rodriguez. With Brad Rodriguez <laughs> from Fix This, Build That. Uh, ben interviewed him while he was at the Haven Conference for a round two interview. This is our first weekend alumni to get a second interview, so Damn. what an honor. Officially a reoccurring <laughs> guest. And yeah. we should just consider him the fourth, the fourth host. He's a friend of the, he's a friend of the friend show. Friend of the show. There you go, yeah. friend of the show. No, it was... <laughs> I always like talking, uh, talking shop with Brad, both in the sort of business side of things, the media side of things, and he's just—he's so analytical. Uh, he's yeah. very precise, and he just executes everything really well. Mm-hmm. And now he also has his own podcast. That's what and I was just specific, about to say. Yeah, right. It's called Made for Profit. Uh, him and John Malecki, who's an awesome sort of woodworker and furniture builder. And they really just go right to the point. It's just all no-nonsense uh, tips for building social media audience, uh, business advice, and stuff like that. So it's a oh, cool. it's a huge it's a huge asset. It's none of the sort of screwing around talking about weird design stuff and weird hypotheticals like like the nonsense <laughs> you get over here. So yeah, I was at a conference. Uh, anytime I get a chance to, to to talk to Brad, I always do it. And I said, well, let's uh, record. A little bit of it and uh, share it with you guys while you're working on your weekend stuff exactly always give them back what a guy. Are, we gonna, are we gonna jump in on uh, just jump right into it well we will but first what are you okay. guys what are your weekend plans weekend plans chris well, let's I can hear t- him. first before i tell you that let me tell you what today is it's national work like a dog day Ooh. which you know what that's gotta not, be an old phrase because in my experience dogs don't work that hard they're usually they're like sleeping lazy. 23 hours a day <laughs> I know, for real. The dog I'm most familiar with is a very spoiled French bulldog that belongs to my friend that lives around the block from me. Yeah. Oh, that's and not yours? The one that's no. in your... Inst- I always thought that was yours. No. He's he's adorable, and he lives a very pampered existence, and he eats better than 99.9% of all humans in the world. Um, and he definitely doesn't work hard at all. Yeah. No. He, he works hard being cute. Yes. That's his job. And ain't easy. That's what, like... He, he gets them clicks. Know. Yeah, exactly. He's your clickbait. But anyways, the point is to say, I think it's time for that phrase to be updated, to work like yeah. a something else, because dog's not... Weekend plans, though, is weekend to plans. turn up. I'm turning up all weekend. You get oh, after yeah, it. Birthday, birthday weekend. Birthday. Watch out. <laughs> Do you celebrate what, what? your birthdays? Uh, No, I'm the only human on earth that... No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> not like... I'm not like one of the person that's like, oh, it's my birthday week or it's my birthday month. My birthday month. month. My birthday yeah. month. That... Like, no, I, I, I'm not going to want to like alienate any of our listeners but there's nothing that bothers me more when someone like try like tells you like oh we're gonna go out and go do this and i'm like oh okay cool i might make it and they're like you better it's my birthday month that I'm makes me automatically just be like i'm cutting audience. you off after that <laughs> but no um anyways but no just have a good time this weekend responsibly nope. <laughs> responsibly <laughs> 
Yeah, you're 22 now, Mike. You can be unresponsible. That's right. So what about what about gonna be tear, tearing up Oklahoma City? Uh, yeah, probably. You know, all the the things you can do in Oklahoma City. Not do you much. have like a like a go to spot or? Uh, no. We always just like throw parties at our house. That's yeah. like the go to is the house parties. Just because there's really not a big like like our downtown scene in Oklahoma City sucks. I went to Dallas um, a month or two ago for a buddy's bachelor party, and I was like, holy cow. They're like downtown, like kind of bar and like entertainment area, whatever you call it. Is there, it's like a dozen Oklahoma cities, like entertainment <laughs> districts. And apparently like that was the, the one on the north side of Dallas, and there's also one on the south side of Dallas as well. I was like, holy cow. But anyways, yep. what are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm, uh, so I'm going to build that. I talked about it last on Thursday, but I'm going to build that planner box. I've also got Evan and Caitlin. They're going to, they're in California right now. So we're going to try to oh, hang out and do something together. Really? Um, I saw their Instagram post. Um, yeah. They were packing about up. About them talking about packing up, but I didn't know where they were going. And I, I had the weirdest suspicion. I like, I don't California. even know why, but they said they were going to California. I had the weirdest suspicion they were going and I was like, they're going to be doing something with Chris. There you go. Yeah, they're not and too they far were. away. I think they're in Laguna, which is, you know, like not yeah. quite an hour away from here. So we're going to try to hang out. We were going to try to think of a project to do, but then I was supposed to do this planner boxing last week, but I couldn't because I didn't get something sent to me in time. So now uh-huh. I have to do it this weekend. So I'm going to see if I can get them involved with it in some way. Um, if not, we'll at least, you know, just like hang out and try. To, we'll try to do something together. Very cool. How about you, Ben? For me, I, on my Instagram Recently, I was posting a bunch of stories of, uh, I took our listeners' advice, the ones that suggested using casting sand to oh, yeah. fill yeah. in the cracks and that, that reclaimed beam uh, before pouring in molten metal. And it worked really well. Uh, so it, it kind of looked like cocaine. Because um, <laughs> I got this like in the mail, this like bag of like white fine powder. <laughs> it's a little bit darker than, than cocaine because more of a sandy color, but uh, um Ben would know. You rub it on your gums. (laughs) I've watched Narcos. Um, There you go. And uh, yeah, so it worked really well. I just poured that into the the cracks and then did the metal over it. And so now I got to do... But what I found is I sanded it pretty smooth and I sanded the metal down flush with it. But uh, when I used the orbital sander, the metal really shows the pattern of the orbital sander. Ah. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be doing a lot of hand sanding to really get that out and get it the, oh, I the exact it. sort of... Does it the do metal, the same thing with the belt sander? Because I know that's what you like initially do to get it all flat, right? Yeah, I did it with the belt sander first, and that got it flat. And that actually looked cool because the streaks are linear with that's the That's what grain. I was about to expect. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, but then the wood was really rough, right? Because oh, my, my belt yeah. sander is pretty aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now I'm, I'll just be like putting on some podcasts, doing a lot of hand sanding, and I may take a stab at trying to weld the base for it. Something worth Ooh. trying though, Ben, um, just because yeah. I tend, I belt sand a lot of, you know, tabletops. Um, and something I always do whenever I'm flattening a tabletop is I always, uh, so I flatten with 80 grit and then I go to 150 grit, I think is what it is, to mm-hmm. kind of kill some of those deep some of those gouges before i go to Mm. like a palm sander but what i always do is i save my like kind of worn out 150 grit uh, belts and they Mm. end up kind of almost being like Mm. like a 180 or a 200 grit belt it seems like because it kind of loses a lot of its grit loses Um, the high points yeah so that might be kind of worth a shot at least um yeah i'll give that a shot i don't know yeah so food for thought 
But anyways, there you yeah, go. So I'll be working on that, and yeah, and I may take a stab at welding a base. Um, Exciting. I, I got a new welder here in Boston, and haven't really tried it too much. One of my friends used it first. And, you got uh, the MIG with like all the gas setup and stuff like that. Uh, no, it's like one of the little like. Uh, oh, it's a MIG, uh, but it's like I just got the the flux core. That's what I used too. Yeah, yeah. So there's no gas or anything. Yeah. And it works really well. P- uh, people kind of were talking about like you got to kind of clean off all the, what's it called? The flux. But it's really, I mean, granted, I haven't seen like a MIG weld next to one like in real life, but I was expecting it to be all like super crusty and like a lot to clean up. But uh, I don't really see myself getting all the argon gas, gas set up for a MIG welder. Um, no. I, side I, question. At least for what I'm doing. Yeah. Did uh, cause I remember that first project you did with it was the YMCA thing. Did you ever put that video out? I lost the SD card. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you gotta tether those things to you. I know. I lost the SD card with uh, like two thirds of the footage. I had thought about um, uh, just going and getting the materials for one plate and then showing that process. Cause basically what I have is all the footage past the welding. Um, uh-huh. So like all the footage of like painting them, and then going to the YMCA, assembling them, and doing all the, the quote-unquote woodworking part of it. So I thought about just going back to the steel yard and getting a couple plates and then drilling those and welding it. But I feel Man, like it would have been better to do that earlier in the year because now, because like they're called gaga pits, but that's uh-huh. like the, the like YMCA or like the church summer <clears throat> camp thing. Uh, okay. And I feel like that's when it's everyone's going to be looking for them. Yeah, I feel like I've missed the... Missed the yeah, it's like putting out a Christmas video called. in February. Exactly. So there you go. I don't know. I could post it uh, and and then maybe wait for it to pick up next year or something. Man, uh, I could only imagine you if you if you didn't lose SD cards and break mirrors and God. camera, you'd be like the number one woodworking YouTuber. I'm telling you right now. You have a video every week. <laughs> no, <laughs> video that's daily. the worst part is I probably would. Oh, and I said I was going to go on a weekly schedule and I've and I've already missed a week. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm going to make up for it, though. I'm going to put two videos out here soon in one well, week. I'll so. give you a pass since it's your birthday month. Yeah. Oh, my end table came out. My end table video came out. You guys you guys dug that, right? I loved it. <laughs> really cool. I'm just kidding. That's they the haven't best seen video it I've yet. ever seen. <laughs> the best video. Not just YouTube video. Like the movies and everything. Yeah. Um, but anyways, awesome. Well, go watch, go watch that end table video, listeners, and then let me know what you think. Um, the whole goal that I did with it is I wanted to do something that looked very... Something that looked a lot less DIY than it really was. So mm-hmm. the whole game plan was, um, the whole thing was built with just, for the most part, a circular saw and a jigsaw and like a belt sander and mm-hmm. a pocket hole jig. But from kind of the like aspect of it, it kind of looks very like Chris Salamone. And so I wanted to kind of have that aesthetic, but make it very DIY. So I think I kind of accomplished it. Check it out. Let me know what you guys think, and uh, let's get in this interview, right? I feel like we're just... Let's do it. We're I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we've got no direction with this conversation. We're just All filling right. without, up 12 minutes. Yep. Awesome. Without further ado, here is Brad Rodriguez from Fix This, Build That. Again. I'm here at the Haven Conference in Atlanta with, I think, our first weekend show repeat guest, repeat. Uh, Brad Rodriguez. Uh, fix this, build that, and now his own podcast. What's it called? Made for profit, and that's sort of a business podcast for makers. And yeah. what's your sort of tagline? So our, our tagline is: We're talking business in the shop and helping you 
helping you monetize as a maker? It's funny too because I think most of the questions when I meet other woodworkers or makers in person, really most of the questions are about business stuff. Like yeah. people have less questions I think about how, you know, hey, what's your favorite brand of glue? Right. And I think it's also, it's like, how are you monetizing? How are you making money? How do you do these things? Because it's less understandable. I think that's, and like, you know, when we talked, like I talked that because uh, you're much more well-established on YouTube. So I had a bunch of questions for, you know, how are you doing this? How are you doing yeah. video? And the, those questions of, from a business standpoint, we talk, you know, some sponsor yeah. talking, things like that. But like if somebody wants to learn woodworking, there's so many resources. There's, there's ma- you know, it used to be magazines. There's yeah. books. I mean, there's all this stuff. But what we found, so it's, uh, I do the podcast with John Malecki. Yeah, John's a great guy. Yeah, he's he's awesome guy. So we were on Instagram at, at madeforprofit and madeforprofit.com. We found that in our Instagram channels, we just got all kinds of questions. Like my DM is just filled up with questions about business, about how did you get started with sponsors. That's just me you sending you inappropriate pictures too. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, yeah, that, you, you don't know what Ben really uses that tattoo on his arm for and the things he measures. <laughs> so looking at, at, at the, our Instagram feeds, we just got all this thing. We just realized like all these people and we're individually answering these questions. Yeah, in the first three episodes, I think I, I've listened to all your episodes. Uh, the first three are the first three are all right on an Instagram, on Instagram. tutorial. Yep. and. I think that's awesome because you think that people are sort of makers are visually oriented, but they're not always technologically oriented. And you and John literally lay out exactly how to build a woodworking-related Instagram account or woodworking and maker in general. Right. Um, And what I like about it is that there's a lot of, quote, social media experts out there, but they're so broad and they all are telling you like this top same tips – Right. And I really think it's specific to the the vertical or the subject matter of what you're posting about. I yeah. don't think the same tips that work for a makeup or beauty blogger are going to work great for a woodworker. Uh, you know, maybe like, hey, use hashtags that are appropriate right. for that. <laughs> but I think the 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 understanding of hey, if you're making furniture pieces, you're not producing five pieces a day. You don't get all, you can't do all these posts. Exactly. So how do you work that in? Cause that's what people don't understand. What's the fill in in between the videos. Right. And if some people aren't weekly or, you know, you do, you know, maybe three videos a week, but if you don't, how do you fill that in and how do you curate a social media platform? So how did you and John, uh, get connected and how did you guys meet? It was interesting. It was, um, gosh, it was probably about two and a half years ago. And, um, I want to say I was maybe around 30,000 on Instagram, something like that. And, and John reached out to me. John saw that I had a larger following on Instagram um, at that time. That was a pretty big following in the woodworking space. And he said, hey, how did you grow? And it was just like any other Instagram that I got. But he was like, his questions were very on point. He was also the thing that um, I really love about John is he's all about adding value. And so he was like, what can I do for you? So it wasn't, right. it was like right out of the gate. He was like, hey, I, I don't want to just pick your brain. I want to help you. Like, how can I help you? And um and so then we just started talking and, and then it just turned into this, this relationship that um, we would just talk about what's successful for us. It turned into to business. So that conversation started going directly to business. Then we started talking on the phone, talking to each other. And, you know, we we're like two years in. And then again, we said, man, are you answering? Like, I get all these questions all the time about X, Y, and Z. You know, people ask about pricing. People ask about how to grow Instagram. How did you work with sponsors? What kind of equipment do you use on your videos? All those things that we always get asked. And instead of answering that question one time in a DM, another time, another time, it's like, why don't we leverage this, catalog it, make it. So now when people ask me, I go, 
go listen to episode three of Made for Profit. So yeah. some of it was self-serving too, in the sense of like being able to leverage my responses so I could, you know, so we can help the community in a larger than just a one-on-one situation. Yeah. And your podcast is much more like almost like a textbook in, in some ways, whereas most of the podcasts, you know, this one included are kind of just like shop talk, casual, Hey, what you're working right. on catching up. Most of the podcasts in this space are like that. Right. Yours is like very on top topic. It's very educational, very informative and very practically oriented towards making more money, sort of right. making stuff. Um, so no, I, I think it's going. You know, it's going to continue to grow and do really well because not really anyone's doing that with really? any credentials. <laughs> That's uh, why we wanted to do it because there's nobody. We looked and there's just nobody doing it. Or people are, you know. And I know one of the things that I really like about you, Ben, is like you're very forthright. Yeah. And when you talk, like you'll just straight throw out numbers. You'll talk and, very, and talk in very specific things where a lot of people are very general. And so what we want to do is like, you know, instead of saying, oh yeah, just just post a lot on Instagram. It's like, no, here's how you do it. Here's like what to do. Here's like all the details because a lot of people try to guard that stuff. And I think that well, Brad, as we grow it's, in a community, it's easy it's to better. share when the numbers are good. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. But I think that, you know, in the community, like if we can all, if we can get more people that are um, coming to the space like we are and that are getting, you know, we've, we've talked about this as the more that we're seeing as a place where sponsors want to spend money because there are yeah. a lot of value there. We're not competing against it's each all together. other. Yeah, we're the rising tide raises all shifts. Right. Like, I, and, and I think it's surprising at how much camaraderie there is in our space. It's, it's like I don't feel like we're competing. Uh, what I feel like is we're trying to grow this space and make them the brands realize how much more effective this is than traditional sort of media where yeah. people have no knowledge of making woodworking design and are trying to somehow create these 30 second commercials that will get people to buy right. stuff. Right. Uh, we authentically use the products that we use. So how is this, uh, uh, do you have any concerns though about, you know, I mean, you're, it's interesting how your sort of identity is sort of shaping both with the Instagram and that is you're really becoming this like uh, almost like administrative support figure in the space where, you know, on, on the fix this, build that Instagram, you're showing a lot of like ways to create better shop cabinets and stuff like that. You're, you're reposting and promoting other people. You're help shining, you know, your large Instagram following onto some lesser known woodworkers that are doing things that you find interesting. Right. Uh, do you ever worry that like, and it's certainly working well for you because you're building a, a good following and a good community and I can see all sorts of business potential from this, but do you ever worry that your, that your, your own sort of work, like you made that really cool trestle table recently is going to somehow get a little bit backburnered or both from an attention yeah. standpoint and that's, a, that's no great question because it is because as I do it and part of that is because uh, of what we just said of like in between the projects. So I'm doing this all side hustle part-time. I got a full-time job. So at best, I'm putting out a project every probably three weeks. So there's a lot of space. And mm. so I can fill that. But then when I get into the cycle where, okay, I'm done with the project and now I'm editing, I got a lot of space to fill. And so that's when I'll stage things and I'll say, okay, I found something. I saw a piece that I really liked. I want to share that. And I do, you know, I do follow Friday. I do slabber day. So I, I do these kind of, I call them the anchor hashtags. And I use those as spots that I know I have a post for that day because I try to post every single day 
Um, used to do twice a day. I did that for a very long time and I've actually backed off a bit just because of some things I have going on. But, um, yeah. So then when you, when you go back and you look at my feed, you go, Oh, well, where's his, like my finished projects are in the minority, right. but I do a lot of process shots. So that's why I try to, I try to pull it in and keep, um, a lot of the process shots in there. So like when you look at the, like my, maybe my finished shot of the trust table, um, table, which I know I talked about that on the last podcast and that project completely flopped by the way. <laughs> it was atrocious. <laughs> like like 15,000 views on YouTube. I was just like, wow, that really did not go well. Yeah, it'll be evergreen. <laughs> exactly. It'll be bad forever. You're right. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it, it does that. And I thought about that. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sharing all these other people's things, but the way I see it is, is almost, I'm kind of taking a Pinterest mindset to Instagram. Hmm. Because when you think about Pinterest, and, and I was just so we're at the yeah. Haven Conference, I was just there, and they said, you yeah. want to pin 90% of other people's content and 10% of your own. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I don't do that much by any means, but um, that I want people to come to my channel because they are visually enticed and intrigued in what they're seeing. Is that always going to be me? No, not necessarily. But when I do put out those projects, I've, already, I've got that audience, and I can put them. So like my YouTube channel and my, and my blog are completely me. Right. And so when I do a new project, I will push them out there. I will say, hey, I just did this. And so I do use it as a curated feed versus a personal feed. And I think that just helps yeah. with my growth. I'm, I'm kind of hacking Pinterest into Instagram right. without folks really knowing. knowing I think you're it. also building goodwill by doing all the shout outs that you sort of do to other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. If, if someone out there is sort of an aspiring woodworker and stuff and they've, or they've made a piece they're really proud of and they want to get the shout out. I'm sure you get approached by a lot of people, hey, here's my thing, check it out. $50. The PayPal is big. <laughs> Venmo. <laughs> Send me beer money. Yeah, Bitcoin, I take no, that like, as well. Uh, like, what do you find is just like the right and wrong way to approach? Because it's not just you. There's a lot of people sure. that sort of have media channels that occasionally promote other people. I get asked a lot of these things, but I'm curious on your take is like, how, how would you want people to sort of approach you on those things? Yeah, so, so my take, and I get that all the time, right? Like, so the one that I dislike the most is, um, hey, what's up, man? So first of all, they, they didn't even say Brad. So I'm assuming they know my name. But they say, hey, what's up, man? Uh, been following you for a long time. Uh, just made this piece. Really, really hope you can share it. And I look at the name. So I, that in general is not a bad message. Right. But then when I look at the name, I go, I have never read this name in my comments. Like right. I am very active in my comments. And so it's, it's somebody, you know, I don't see them coming up in likes or whatever. And, um, there's not been any engagement between the two of us. They've never sent another, like he's never, or she's never sent out any, uh, DM that said, Hey, saw your project. I had a follow up question about this. How did you do? Like people ask me that stuff all no the time. No foreplay. No foreplay. They're going boom, light switch on. And yeah. yeah, so it's like that in part of our episodes in the beginning of, of Instagram series was community. It's all about community and same thing. Like, you just don't go up to, you just don't go up to that girl that you want to date and go, all right, let's get married. Yeah. Like, who are you again? Like, what? What's yeah, the deal it's, here? It's, it's funny, right? Like, I, I'm a Gary Vee fan, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes this, this, you know, people are like his content and they, but they misinterpret what hustle means and they think it's this sort of aggressive kind of in your right. face, like well, ask that's his for style, things, yeah, right? as well. But it's still a game of decorum and politeness. And yeah. I mean, John's a great example. And relationships. He, John's reached out to me for, you know, asked me, you know, for some input on a couple things. And 
the way he does it is just, you know, it's, it's respectful. It's nice. There's always that counter offer in return. Hey, what can I help you with? Um, and also I think the other thing that's underrated is that I get so many people that ask me for advice and so then I'll, I'll answer it. Hopefully not by email because <laughs> fuck email emails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but then they, they, I give them the advice, and then they immediately tell me how they can't do it. I'm like, well, yeah, you asked for it. Uh, and yes, it's, it's yes, just like yes, a, such yes. a downer. I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to answer your next right. question. Like, like, that's too much. But like, they just I've got Game of Thrones to watch. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I think that people, that's the other part is like the commitment. So, you know, back to kind of that, that question of it is that um, I like to, I don't, always necessarily like sometimes if I just see something that blows my mind, I'm going to share it. I don't know who they are. I'm just like, wow, this is like amazing. I just saw this thing and I want to share it. Um, but like this, like there's like this sculpture of like this lion. Did you see that thing? It was like a sculpture, yeah. like a 38 foot out of a, out of a single tree. Yep. Right. I mean, that was like, yeah, made in, in, uh, I think China. Yeah. And so it's like, Clearly, years clearly and I years don't know years, who yeah. made that, but I, this is just like this is amazing. People need to see this. Right. And so, and so I share it. But when I share things, um, you know, if I do follow Fridays, things like that, or even people that I follow, so I, I kind of get a lot of that feedback about. Um, so I don't follow a ton of people. I, my following, I keep yeah. fairly small because of that community because I like to interact with those accounts. I don't like to, I like to see what they're doing. Yeah. And so if I'm following like th- a thousand accounts, I, I'm gonna miss all that, and I wanna I wanna keep up with it. So it's just like getting to know people and. What I like, like when I usually follow a lot more people, is when I come to these events. I'll come to the conferences. I'll meet them in person. Yeah. I'm like, oh, now I know this person, and I like I'm engaged in not just like what I saw in their in the picture, but I know who they are. Um, following the process, and so I think it's all about relationship building for me. And so when I when I'm sharing stuff or following people, it's typically we have a you know we've built this relationship. Um, is how I personally do it, and you know. Not that's right or wrong. That's just the way I do it. What do you think is like the? I mean, you keep sort of an eye on things. Are there any interesting trends that you've sort of been having your eyeballs on? Sort of being like, ah, oh, I kind of think this is going this way, either from a business side or just on the making or side. Or, uh, well, I think, and John and I were just talking about. I don't know if it was the last one or the one before, but we were talking about um, how we definitely see, you know, rustic is kind of played out. Yeah, I mean, pallets obviously kind of out and gone, and now it's the whole the whole rustic, but. You know, and not that I'm on this podcast and saying this because of this, but right. but modern, modern is really trending up from what we see in, in cleaner looks. And I think I don't know if it's a backlash from the rustic side and getting to more clean lines and modern. But as John and I look around and have been having that discussion and kind of see what's performing well, just looking and studying the YouTube, it's it's the modern stuff that's really taken off it's, right now. Aesthetics are they're like an exchange system. They're, it's like economics, right? Uh, if there's a whole bunch of one of my favorite things to look at is if you look at when plastic was first started being used when plastic was first invented i think it was invented for making billiard balls um and then when it first and of course it was really expensive the same way 3d printing was expensive Mm -hmm. at first or lab grown beef is expensive at first it starts where when synthetics first get developed they're actually more expensive than the naturals. Right. And then they get engineered to the point where they're cheaper, where plastics. Yeah, the commodity. So right. there was actually a point where people were advertising genuine plastic furniture. <laughs> There's ca- furniture catalogs in like the 60s and 70s that it's a genuine yeah. plastic. Yep. And like laminate and formicas were seen as like really 
high end and mm-hmm. state of the art, right? Like a, like quartz is now or something, right? Because it was new and it was rare and it might be more expensive than a wood butcher block countertop, right? And people are like, oh, this is so much more impervious. It's a better thing. So what happens is it's valuable because it's more rare, and then it becomes more common and it becomes less valuable. And then wood stuff is more rare and wood stuff becomes more right. valuable, right? And for me, the minute we were able to mass produce laminate fake hardwood flooring is the minute when hand-hewn rustic flooring starts to go up in value, right? Like, so it's like this weird seesaw thing. Right. And if what I it means is that. that we've hit peak rustic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? We've seen... You know, I mean, it's in fast food places. It's in every little gastro pub. Looks that has that sort of Brooklyn hipster coffee shop style. Right. And it's great. It's a good aesthetic. It'll still be around. It doesn't mean it's going away. It means it's on decline. Correct. And that doesn't mean you should stop doing it. If you're really good at it, there's always a room for it. I mean, I'm sure they still sell shag carpeting somewhere. Yeah. But it means there's also – it's a good time to get on early on the kind of things that are next. And it could be a few things. It, it won't just be one, right? We're in like a pluralistic age where it's not like there's one type of music that's popular. There's multiple types of music that are yeah. huge at once. So what I think is interesting for makers out there is that it's a good chance to experiment, to go more modern, to go more minimalist, to maybe – Maybe to go even more sort of Victorian or sort of you know a more of a revival style. I think you know one of the references that I keep hearing now is uh, from like shows like Mad Men, right, where people want that mid-century modern yeah. kind of classic '60s and '70s yeah. style, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I think you know things like fashion and stuff and and sort of the leading edge of architecture and furniture design move really fast. But the sort of consumer viewership is normally a few years behind that, right? So if you're talking to like the coolest furniture designers out there, they're already way past what we're talking about. But for consumers on YouTube and Instagram, they're they're more like real people. They're right. not spending all their time buried in right. design magazines and stuff. So no, I I I, I tend to uh, agree with you. I think there's there's a lot of opportunities. I mean, the problem with that, well. The good thing with and bad thing with rustic is that it's so it's one of the easiest styles to do. Right. If Victorian stuff it's, gets popular, we're all screwed. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, in rustic you can do it. Like the, the barrier to entry is so low with rustic. Right. You go find that pallet that's sitting on the side of the road. You spend you know the first time you do it, you spend an hour breaking it down, trying to figure out how the hell to do it. But you can just break that down, and you have that material, which is basically free besides yeah. your labor. And that barrier to entry is so low. And when you make the joints. Like, it's okay that everything's sloppy because you just call it rustic. Like, oh, yeah, that's rustic. No, that was just a bad job. No, right. no, no, it's rustic. <laughs> I, I think the helpful thing is to look at the concepts behind a style more than following the style itself, right? It's like uh, – so I think one of the things people like about rustic is that it has texture. Yeah. And that it has authenticity and it feels like it's made out of real materials. Yeah. There's a story to it too. A lot right. of the times, especially if you're using reclaimed, you know, versus just pallet. If right. you're using old barn wood stuff like that, absolutely. But there's a lot of cool ways to create textures. They could be more intentional. It could be using a CNC to create some really cool patterns that are popular in contemporary, you know, like ceramic tile or rugs or curtains or stuff like that. One of my favorite tips for or design tips for people that feel maybe a little bit creatively stuck is to say. And I was actually talking to, uh, we're here at Haven, and the lady was uh, asking me about sort of, you know, 
she's really into sewing. And she's like, I just feel like sewing is such a lost art and people aren't interested. And I'm like, well, maybe try a fresh thing. I'm like, and so my suggestion to her was to say, go find the coolest sort of contemporary wallpaper designs that are hot on Pinterest and blogs. And then translate that to a quilting pattern with a very like clean, like grays and blues and make a really modern quilt. So you're taking patterns that are sort of in graphics that are, that people find intriguing and then you're reapplying that onto a material system that's more, you know, has a nice tactile quality and things like that. I might, it was funny. Uh, actually the way I thought of an idea or that idea was, uh, I actually saw like a moving blanket from Home Depot that had that cool chevron uh-huh, pattern. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, the blue ones with the white, I'm like, the white thread. That actually yeah, looks yeah. really good. If it wasn't for the edging, that black edging, like, uh-huh. I'm like, I almost want to frame that and make something nice out of it. But yeah, yeah there's there's so many cool ways to, to take a reference from one and impose it to, to oh, kind of freshen stuff up. I love it. I mean, that was like thinking back to our, our first podcast when I was on the show, we were talking about architectural elements and bringing them in design. I mean, I, I just think it's it's a great way of like, that's how you can get something unique. And I'm not good at that. I'm, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get better still. But being able to take something and be like, oh, that's really cool over here. How would that apply over here? And so like one of the, the video I just uh, did, I'm, I'm editing it right now, is um, I did a bent lamination cutting board, charcuterie board, whatever. And charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I heard you guys <laughs> <sit> <laughs> That was my first stab at it. Apparently that was not right. Board for dried um, meat. <laughs> yes, dried meat board. And so... And so, like, I, I did that, and um, and then I looked. I, I realized later that this dude MTM Wood, who was just like this master uh, cutting board guy, has already done that. But uh, whatever. And so it's still kind of a fun idea. It's like bent lamination into cutting board and taking your idea. I know you've talked about about like you know clustering, and you know one of the videos I've done that's done really well is a cutting board, and it's like okay, well, cool. How can I do something? And have like bent lamination, which is mm. kind of like this cool new technique that not a lot of people do. This is my no. first time to do it. And so we got like 49 layers of eighth inch strips and mm. curved them into an S to oh, wow. make a board. And, and it was like, I had walnut mahogany and cherry. So it also mm. had like an ombre look to it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Fade, yeah, so fade. it was, it was kind of cool that that was like, that was one of the ways that literally from that conversation that we had and just from keep thinking like, how do I apply something differently? And so it's, it's unique. And again, you know, I don't know that it'll do well or think, not, but it's something new. I think it's also something where it plays to a strength you have. I mean, you're very, you have an engineering background, so you're pretty systematic and good at, at being very deliberate about setting up something, right? Like, right. I, I would say if there's anything about your work, it's deliberate. Like, it's not like... Yes, which means slow. Right. <laughs> well, it can be. Like, it's a side hustle, so you got, you got plenty of excuses for that. <laughs> So I think like something like bent lamination or doing things that require setting up a jig like yeah. plays to your strengths because yep. you're going to sort of plan it out. You're going to be meticulous. You're going to get it right at least a second time. No. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I think those things sort of, you know, you're, you're willing to play chess with a project. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people are, are just more by the seat of their pants and, you know, checkers works well from them. They just keep responding to the last thing they did until it sort of looks like their thing and they just sort of feel their way through a project. Yeah. Um, so I think doing sort of multi-stage things where you have to sort of know how you're setting it up to bend it at the right angle yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so that you can repeat the same types of bends. And, oh, yeah, and believe me, hey, I, I did not do any calculations on this one. This one, I, had, I did have the idea and I was like, an inch bend? Yeah, that yeah. should probably work. Like, let's let's go for that. And we actually did, so the glue of this was, I, I keep saying, we had a, 
Johnny Brook, who was just on one of the oh, weekend shows. Johnny. Yeah, he was out. Uh, he came down and did a collab. Yeah. It's because he has a buddy in Nashville. He's got great stuff. Like, his, his YouTube channel is really strong. Oh, yeah. He's been killing it, man. He, he's After that river table, everything's taken yeah, off Yeah, check that out. Crafted Workshop. Crafted Workshop, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so he, and he did, like, a, a wall art piece for that collab we did together. And I did the Bent Lamb um, cutting board. But, we yeah, we did it. And we it was 49 pieces of eighth-inch strips oh wow and we did it in two sections so it was like one we do like 26 like typically when you see like if you've ever yeah. watched bent lamination like they're doing like eight or yeah like three or two pieces you know or like, maybe not two but something very small and i was just like what if we just did like all of it all of it and they were like ah that's probably too much okay how about half <laughs> and we just threw the glue like we did a dry fit yeah and, and like it bent and we're like let's do it and like put the, the so glue is, that, on is that video up and out yet by the time this airs, absolutely, it'll be up. All right, so check that out. I'll be looking for it. Awesome, man. Well, good talking to you as always. Uh, I'm yep. still waiting for my invite on the <laughs> Made for Profit podcast. Don't don't worry, don't worry. You'll you'll be getting one. All right, I'll do. I'll help with the sort of YouTube episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, so check out Brad. Fix this. Build that. Check out Made for Profit podcast and uh, any of the other sort of things you see him on. He's a wealth of information. Absolutely. Good talking to you, bud. Well, I hope you found that as useful as I did. Uh, be sure to check out Brad on Instagram, although I'm sure you probably already are because he's a beast on Instagram. Big time. And uh, check out his new podcast, uh, Made for Profit. I just started I listening uh, this week, and it's really good. I've granted only listened to the first episode so far, but it's very no nonsense. Like what you were talking about, they don't really kind of butter don't anything screw around. either. No. Yeah, they just they just yeah. So Straight it's, to it's the down point. to business. So. Really and cool it's stuff. one of those it's one of those resources that even if you are pretty sure you're already doing all the best practices, it's a great checklist to make you feel assured that you already are. Right. Yeah. So I've definitely picked up a few tips from them, but it's also I like listening to it because even if they say things that I'm already doing, it's just a nice sort of, you know, audit to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, confirmation. Yeah. So check them out and check us out on Instagram and hit up uh, our boy Mark because it's his birthday and ooh, he's ooh. getting all lit up. And so early <laughs> su- early Sunday morning, your birthday's, birthday's today, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so make sure and send me all that stuff really Around early. 6 o'clock Sunday morning, <laughs> hit him Text up. Him. Which is, yeah. yeah. We'll give you Text his number. Him. Send him lots of <laughs> blow up his Instagram with DMs and uh, lots of flashing bright colors stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but in reality, no need to send me happy birthdays. I appreciate it, audience. There's no need to flood my inbox. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening, and I hope you got your moms listening. I said it last. Yeah, I said it on Thursday. Right. I hope they listen to this one. So, all right, guys, we'll see hey, you now, on Thursday. Next week, get your dads. Oh. All right. Yeah, tell your dads now, everyone. <laughs> Why well, cut off right. half the audience? Bye, everybody. Later.